I need to give you your money's worth today. I've got a lot to say. It's important, vitally important. And it starts with this text, Job 34:22. There is no darkness or deep shadow where the workers of injustice can hide themselves. There is no darkness nor deep shadow where the workers of injustice can hide themselves. Tunnels. You've heard probably a lot about tunnels of late. If you've had any finger on the pulse at all of what's going on in Israel and the Gaza Strip. Tunnels. But I, I wonder how much you've actually thought about tunnels. This week, I spent a lot of time thinking about tunnels. And, and there were some important questions. So I want to ask you, have you thought about this about tunnels? There are 310 miles of tunnels under the Gaza Strip. 310 miles, some as deep uh, suspected of being at least 80 meters. That's 240 feet deep in the ground. 310 miles, 240 feet deep, described as a cobweb of tunnels. Now listen, 310 miles, understand that Gaza is only 141 square miles. That means that there is a double-sized city of tunnels running underneath the Gaza Strip. What are they used for in this city beneath the city? Oh, that's so easy. That's so easy. That's where the government conducts its business. Sure, the tunnels are built under mosques and schools and hospitals, and that's for easy access for the citizens, right? So that they can easily get down there and get to their services. Let's be real. Gaza, Hamas builds tunnels under Gaza for terror. That's what they do. These tunnels have been used for smuggling weapons, supplies, fighters. They're a strategic asset for the group. The group, okay? They have also been used to infiltrate Israel for attacks, for torturing and murdering their own people, including women who, according to the Hamas charter, are important women. You know why you're important? Because you're men makers. That's according to the Hamas charter. You are, you are really important for the manufacture of men. Gays, guess what? Guess what shirt I saw this week? Queers for Palestine, okay? Guess what? Don't wear that shirt in Gaza. You'll be dead before you know it in one of these tunnels. Political opponents, Christians, the U.S. government has documented individual killings, physical attacks, verbal harassment of worshipers and clergy, and vandalism of Christian religious sites under tunnels. I mean, under Hamas. You can do all kinds of things in tunnels in the dark. You can do all kinds of things. But here's, what does it say about an organization? A, a government, a leadership structure that functions below ground in this dank, dark labyrinth of passageways built beneath the city that they're supposed to care for. 
please don't forget, Hamas is the government of Gaza, of the Palestinians. Elected in 2007, there haven't been any elections since, but that's how they got there, okay? So what does it say about them? These tunnels, this ideology, their ideology, the methodology, their integrity, their religion. An organization that operates underground and uses tunnels for attacks typically raises several concerns. Did you know that? So let's do this. Let's use modern technology and let's ask ChatGPT this question, which I did. What can we, what can we um, surmise from this organization? The objective source, ChatGPT, right? It's, it's an alien. It doesn't have any skin in the game. Here's what ChatGPT said to my question. Here are some key points. Tunnels indicate a militant or terrorist nature. The use of tunnels for attacks often suggests that the organization employs guerrilla or terrorist tactics. These actions can be seen as unconventional warfare strategies that target civilian populations. They're widely condemned by the international community. Two, secrecy and concealment. Operating from underground provides a level of secrecy and concealment for the organization, making it more difficult for security forces to detect and neutralize their activities. Like the IDF who is bombing the crap out of the buildings that are above these tunnels so that they can find them. But it makes it difficult when you function underground, especially under schools, hospitals, mosques, homes, residential neighborhoods. ChatGPT continues, motivations and objectives must be called into question for an organization that dwells in tunnels. Remember this. Understanding the organization's stated goals and motivations is crucial. Some organizations claim to be fighting for political, religious, or nationalist reasons, while others may simply be making an attempt to cause fear and chaos. Analyzing their stated objectives can shed light on their agenda. So let's do that. Have you read the Hamas Charter? Let me share some of the good golden nuggets. From the preamble, on the destruction of Israel, Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated those others before it. The rejection of a negotiated peace settlement. Peace initiatives and so-called peaceful solutions in international conferences are in contradiction to the principles of the Islamic resistance movement. Those conferences are no more than a means to appoint the infidels as arbitrators in the lands of Islam. Listen now. There is no solution for the Palestinian problem except by jihad, holy war. Initiatives, proposals, and international conferences are but a waste of time, an exercise in futility. Well, they got that part right. Negotiating with people who live and function in tunnels is an exercise in futility. Hear me loud and clear on that. But not according to the world, right? Israel just needs to be nicer, doggone it. Israel should just be nice. Take down the walls. Free Palestine. This is the way the people in the tunnels think. You heard what I just said, right? You heard me read the Hamas Charter. 
An organization who lives and functions in tunnels also has international implications because that might lead involvement by foreign powers impacting the overall stability of the region. Man, AI is smart. Have you seen how many battleships and destroyers are coming into the Middle East from multiple countries? Ooh. And civilian impact. Attacks from tunnels can lead to civilian casualties and property damage, raising ethical and humanitarian concerns. The indiscriminate targeting of civilians is a violation of international law and can harm the organization standing in the eyes of the world. Well, thank God Israel's not doing that, right? Thank God they're trying to strategically enter the tunnel. But there's one more civilian impact that AI didn't pick up on this one. Those tunnels aren't cheap. 310 miles of fortified concrete tunnels with communication, power, cooling, all of these things. You know one of the main reasons they wanted fuel in Gaza? Do you know how they ventilate the tunnels? Generators running on fuel. These people are supposed to care for the citizens. Hamas has received billions of dollars into Gaza. Billions of dollars. And you know what? They should build these beautiful above-ground infrastructure. You know what they did? They built 310 miles of tunnels. They paid money to martyrs, and they bought weapons. How many bomb shelters did they build? Teach you some Hebrew. Ready? Ephes. You know what that means? Zero. And, of course, we could go on with AI, but we won't. Thank you, ChatGPT. Very insightful. I'm going to start using ChatGPT for all of my messages. They're going to be less than 10 minutes long. You're going to have nuggets of insight. Nah, I won't. But I couldn't have said it better myself. So what does it say about an organization who oppresses its own citizens while taking the money they need for programs and prosperity? who scurries about like rats in the tunnels of the subway in New York City and hides in the darkness under the cover of its citizens, under their hospitals. You know, one of the great, largest weapons depot uh, was just found under a hospital in Gaza. Well, Rabbi, exercise and futility, these last 10 minutes have been that. We all know this. We all know Hamas is bad. We all know, I mean, goodness sakes, the world knows this. Why are we talking about it? Well, is that true? I told you two weeks ago when I talked to you about the shift. I prepared you for the shift, the media shift, the worldwide political shift from the murdered, dismembered, raped, pillaged, tortured, burned in piles Human beings, civilians, the shift from that, from the hostages held like animals in the tunnels, the shift from that toward Gaza, the defenseless, innocent victims in Palestine. On Tuesday, I googled Palestine protests today. Berlin Boston, Chicago, L.A., London, Houston, San Antonio, San Francisco. 
I bet if you Googled it tonight, you'd find that there are some really good ones going on today on the Jewish Sabbath. It's not really the Jewish Sabbath, it's a Sabbath, but anyway. Estimated that 100,000 people showed up in London. 100,000 people. Free, free Palestine. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. These are the cheers. I won't even quote the anti-Jewish, let's be honest, anti-Semitic quotes and signs and activities that are going on in places around the world, including Germany. On October, Germany! On October 7th, they were flying all these Israeli flags all over the place in Germany. And you know what they were doing by the time I got this? Ripping them down, tearing them to shreds, and setting them on fire. Thank God, the German chancellor and others, there was a rally of 10,000 people in Germany who said, no, we're not doing this. We're not going back to this. No to anti-Semitism. But you know what? It happened, and it's happening, and this is the shift I told you about. This is the shift to be prepared for. But the college campuses take the cake, right? This was amazing. New York University student criticized and lost job offer for Israel-Hamas remarks. A New York University law school student whose job offer from an international law firm was rescinded was seen because her remarks were seen as insensitive to the victims of the Hamas attack on Israel. Well, guess what she said? I will continue to speak out. You know what she had to say? Let me read it to you. It's great. Rina Workman. I want you to know her name. Rina Workman. Who, who uses the pronouns they and them, told ABC News speaking out was a matter of human rights. You ready for this? This week I want to express first and foremost my unwavering and absolute solidarity with Palestinians and their resistance against oppression toward liberation and self-determination. Workman wrote in her statement, Israel bears full responsibility for this tremendous loss of life. This regime of state-sanctioned violence created the conditions that made resistance necessary. Makes perfect sense, right? No, it doesn't. Workman told ABC News, it does a lot of harm to higher education when students who come to these universities, into these institutions to find their voice, are now being told that certain things that they say will not be acceptable. Oh my goodness! Certain things they say will not be acceptable. Well, that's really good to know because guess what that means? I get to say whatever I want. You ready? I don't think anyone's ready for what I would want to say. Now, you might think, Rhino Workman, what an idiot. What a fool. What a moron. What a useful idiot. But that's not what the world is saying. This is the shift. The world believes what they are told. The world believes what they see. The world believes what shows up on Facebook and Instagram. The world believes because the world too often does not strive to understand or know the truth. Part of the reason is because the truth is underground in 310 miles of tunnels. Out of sight, filled with evil animals who are committed to this. Not to a free Palestine. 
You want to know what they're committed to? Dead Jews everywhere. Dead Jews everywhere, not just in Israel. But the truth is, it's not just Jews. It's anyone who doesn't support their ideology. That includes you, I would imagine. I don't think you'd be here if you were a big fan of Hamas. But that includes you. In France, at one of the pro-Palestinian rallies, the chant was heard from the masses, we are all Palestine. No, you're not. And God forbid the day ever comes when it's anything close to that. Because guess what happens? No more free speech. No more demonstrations. No more rallies. No more anything. Are you familiar with the son of Hamas? Have you seen any of these news stories with, with him? His name is Mossab Hassan Youssef. He's the son of one of the founders of Hamas. You know what he did? He said, I'm not doing this anymore, and he left. You know what he then did? Became a spy for, Mos for the Mossad, for Shin Bet in Israel. And then you know what he did? Didn't tell anybody he did that, and embedded with Hamas as an Israeli spy. And then you know what he did? He's smart. He got the heck out of Dodge, and now he's an American citizen. And here's what he said when interviewed by CNN, who pushed him and pushed him to say, but seriously, do you really think that, you know, going to this level for the Israelis, a, a ground attack, do you really think that that... It? And he said this. And actually, it was, it was a beautiful Arabic accent. He said... This is war. This is war. And he went on to say, if Hamas was a political movement, we could satisfy their political ambitions, but they are not that. They are a religious movement. They do not believe in political borders. They want to establish an Islamic state on the rubble of Israel, but not just Israel. They want an Islamic state around the world. Do you understand? That's the son of the founder of Hamas. The ambition, he said, is global, a global Islamic state. We are not all Palestine. But this is what's brewing in the tunnels, my friends, and sadly it's not contained there because I want to ask you this. Where are the cries where are the cries to break free from Hamas? To oust them by the citizens of Gaza. They're treated like animals by these animals. Where are, where's, the, where's the revolution? We will not live like this another day. October 7th demonstrated to us the citizens of Gaza, Hamas, that you are absolute animals. You don't represent us. You've stolen our freedom. You've stolen our resources. You've stolen our elections. You spent our money that we needed for education and social programs on tunnels and bombs and rockets. Where is the world's cry for this? Where are the rallies of 100,000 people saying, destroy Hamas and then free Gaza? Because that's what freedom in Gaza looks like. 
the destruction of a terror organization that lives in tunnels under the ground. That's free, free Palestine. Where is the cry? Well, some would say they're afraid, and for good reason. I mean, I just told you, they get tortured, their kids get killed. I mean, it's, if you are supposed to be a sympathizer of Israel, you are going to find yourself in a tunnel, probably hooked up to a car battery, and God only knows what else. They're afraid. Okay, of course. But there is a different word than afraid. I'm afraid. Remember, I get to say whatever I want, right? That's what Rhino Workman told me. It's a different word. To a large degree, they are complicit. They are brainwashed. They are bought in. That doesn't mean that they necessarily support Hamas. Plenty of articles and polls say that Hamas is very unpopular. But what the citizens do support, you need to hear this, you need to know this, is even more troubling than anything Hamas could say or do. By 70% to 28% Palestinians oppose a two-state solution. The establishment of a Palestinian state alongside Israel. An even larger number, 76% to 21% oppose a one-state solution in which both sides enjoy equal rights. Given a choice among three options for ending the occupation and building an independent state, listen, 21% prefer negotiations, 22% peaceful popular resistance, 52% armed conflict. I don't want you to be lied to about what's going on over here, folks. A June 2023 poll conducted by Khalil Shikaki, president, professor of political science, director of the Palestinian Center for Policy and Survey Research, indicated that 79% of Gazans supported armed opposition to Israeli occupation of Palestinian territory. 2.2 million people, friends. Where are the people who would stand up for what is right? Where are they? Hamas are tunnel-dwelling rats, lower than human for what they've done. To Israel and to their own people, they've done this. This destruction is their fault. They did it. Where are the good people? And I listen, I know overthrowing a terrorist dictatorship does not come easy. Who in here wants to volunteer for that job? I understand that. I'm not a simpleton. I'm not suggesting that somebody gets together in a dining room and creates a resistance movement that overflows Hamas, overthrows Hamas. I'm not suggesting that. But listen, if your ability, here, here's, the, here's the objection as to why this doesn't happen. You with me? If a terrorist organization, if, uh, if they're the governing party, if your ability to feed your family depends on Hamas patronage, even if you'd like to stand up to them, why risk it? That's one of the arguments. But they can't simply start up a campaign to get rid of them, not without grave risks to their lives, livelihoods, and families. Well, listen to me. At some point in your life, grave risk is what it takes 
Ask the American colonialists from the 18th century about grave risk to overthrow a government power. Ask George Washington about it. Sometimes it takes grave risk and courage like the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising and the, the uh, partisans, the partisans in the World War II. Sometimes it takes courage. I saw a poster from the U.S. State Department offering a $10 million reward for information leading to the capture of Salih al-Aruri. He's the co-founder of Hamas's military wing. $10 million reward from the U.S. State Department. That means you can count on it. If we don't have it, we'll just print it. $10 million to stand, I mean, listen, no matter how afraid you are, if you could somehow find a way to oust this lowlife and get money, you could get out or you could do more good. You, I mean, goodness sakes. I also saw another poster, a Gaza boy in his father's arms, dressed as a Hamas soldier with the green, uh, green headband, holding up a gun and a sign that said, Death to Jews. He was five years old. All smiles. You've seen the videos of the celebration in the streets of the West Bank and the Gaza after October 7th, right? You've seen? You've seen the call of the guy, the terrorist, who called home and is recorded and the IDF found it, called home and said, I've murdered 10 Jews and they were so proud of him. It's baked in to a large degree, friends. And I know you don't want to hear it because we all want to judge everyone favorably, and you should until they prove otherwise. And then you must at least take caution, be sly as a fox. 21% of the population of Israel are Arabs. Do you understand that? They don't live in walls or anything. They live and function in Israel, Arabs. My friends there have many friends that are Arabs. I have had bus drivers on tours that are wonderful, beautiful Arab people. This isn't about racism or anything like that. It's about realism. It's about reality and a world that is completely dumbfounded, stupid even, by what they see and believe. People of Gaza, people of Gaza, the good ones who know right from wrong, help them root out the enemy. Be like the son of Hamas who became a spy for Israel. Expose the tunnels, shine light in the darkness. There are smart and brave people in Gaza. I know that. They're there. They may be afraid, but stand up, organize, identify the Hamas leadership, take a step, do something. Wouldn't that be amazing? Amazing, like winning the lottery amazing. One in 300 million to win the lottery. And guess what? About the same odds that that's going to happen in Gaza. So Israel will prepare for battle. 
on the ground, actually under the ground, in 300 miles of tunnels. Viet Cong times 10, I saw a expert on warfare say. Son of Hamas said, I feel so very sorry for the Israeli army because there are going to be so many that die going into these tunnels. There's nothing like it. Can you imagine that? I mean, I know many have sent their sons and daughters to war. But part of that preparation to do that activity, much to the dismay of the world, is bombing the ever-living hell out of everything that's on top of the ground. That's just what you have to do. It's not pretty, it's war, but it was avoidable. But you see, now young men and women, these people, you, you understand how the military works in Israel. You graduate from high school, you join the military. You don't flit off to college to start having keg parties. You pick up a machine gun and you train to defend your land. Now these sons and daughters, 18, 21, plus almost 400,000 reservists who are husbands, wives, parents, they have to do this. They have to do this. What's the alternative? Imagine if you showed up at your doctor's office and he said, bad news, God forbid, God forbid any of us, bad news, you've got lymphoma. You got cancer, it's, it's, it's all in your, your lymph nodes and everything. You know, and, and the truth of the matter is, if, if we go in and, and, and we do something about that, you know, unfortunately, it, it's just that other parts of your body, if we do chemo and radiation on that, other parts of your body are potentially going to get hurt. And so what we've decided to do is we're just going to talk real nasty to the cancer. We're just going to have a real hard conversation with it and, and hope that it'll be eradicated from the deep recesses of your body. Do you understand my analogy? You can't just talk to these people. Sometimes you gotta go with a full-on assault. My dad is a cancer survivor. He had lymphoma, stage four, 2004. Coming up on 20 years, Baruch Hashem, thank you, God. When he got it, he was so sick. They had to barrage his body with drugs. He couldn't function for days at a time. Had to do it. Sometimes that's what you have to do in war, too. You just have to go all out. And that's what you're seeing happen in Gaza. Listen, I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I see it, too. I'm not saying I love it and that I'm cheering for destruction and death. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm trying to, to just make sure everyone understands what it is that's going on here in this thing. So when you see the news reports and the videos and people carrying out on stretchers and bodies and children in their arms and blood and casualties of war, I know what that feels like, but there's a great lie being told. You ready for lie number one? That Israel and Gaza are the same. That they're the same, that they operate with the same mentality. 
And, and what you hear from the UN and the West, no offense, I love the West. I live in the West. I don't love our politicians. There's a lot of things I don't love. But I don't love when you hear we're, we're urging Israel to, to show restraint, to, to, to human, what's it called? Human, I can't even remember the word right now. But the assumption is Israel are such animals that if us civilized folks didn't go in there and tell them not to kill everyone, that they'd just blow, they'd nuke the whole place. But thank God we are the moral authority and we, we tell people. This is, a, this is an army that calls to let you know they're coming with bombs. They send leaflets. They distribute things to say, you gotta leave, you gotta leave, you gotta leave. I wanna ask you a question. How many times do you think Vladimir Putin has called, or vice versa? How many times do you think Zelensky's called to say, we're gonna be, we're gonna be bombing you. Israel is the most humanitarian army on the face of the earth. They don't need instructions from us. But, listen to me on this. Israel, or Gaza, Hamas, all of them, they are, they are the enemy. Israel and Gaza are not the same. Israel and Hamas are nothing alike. Nothing alike. There could be a two-state solution. There really could. And here's the difficulty. I read you the charter, right? I read you the charter, some of it. I, I need to read you a little bit more. But here's the deal. Two-state solution. If the IDF and every Israeli citizen gave away their guns and the army disbanded and it was just, all right, let's do peace. There wouldn't be a living Jew in Israel in a month. You realize that because it's part of the charter. And if the civilization is bought into it as well. But if Hamas and Hezbollah and, and if they were to lay down their guns and give them up, guess what would happen? We, we could find peace. But you have them living in a, there's a wall around them like a bunch of animals. You got them locked in. Another crazy scenario. Imagine if, imagine if today Georgia, the state of Georgia, bombed Florida. And 63,000 Floridians died because relatively speaking, 1,400 Israelis to the Israeli population is equivalent to 63,000 Americans dying, okay? Uh, 63,000 people died at the World Trade Center. Could you imagine? But anyway, back to this weird analogy. We kill 63,000 Floridians, and then we say to everyone else, the whole world, the United States, we're not done. We're taking Florida. It's going to become Georgia, and we're going to keep killing them. You think they would put a wall around Georgia or some reaction would occur? Of course it would. 
Of course. There can never be a two-state solution until there's some mental acknowledgement. The last big lie, this very big lie. Anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. Have you heard this? I don't, I don't, I don't dislike Jews. I just dislike Zionists and this, and this Israel, this corrupt secular government in Israel. It doesn't have anything. I, Jews, listen, anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. That's the, that's the myth. That's what's being propagated and embraced. Let me read you just a little bit. I'm, I'll, I'll finish up here in just a minute. This is from the, from the Hamas charter as well. The day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight Jews and kill them. Then the Jews will hide behind rocks and trees and the rocks and trees will cry out, Oh, Muslim, there's a Jew hiding behind me. Come and kill him. The enemies, it continues, have been scheming for a long time and have accumulated huge and influential material wealth. With their money, they took control of the world media. With their money, they stirred revolutions in various parts of the globe. They stood behind the French Revolution, communists, most of the revolutions we hear about. With their money, they formed secret organizations such as the Freemasons, Rotary Clubs, and the Lions. Did you know those are Jews who did that? which are spreading around the world in order to destroy societies and carry out Zionist interests. They stood behind World War I, formed the League of Nations through which they could rule the world. They were behind World War II through which they made huge financial gains. There's no war going on anywhere without them having the finger in it. Zionism scheming has no end. And after Palestine, they will covet expansion from the Nile to the Euphrates River. When they have finished digesting the area on which they have laid their hand, they will look forward to more expansion. Their scheme has been laid out in the protocols of the elders of Zion. The Hamas regards itself the spearhead and vanguard of the circle of struggle against world Zionism. Islamic groups all over the Arab world should also do the same since they are best equipped for their future role in the fight against the warmongering Jews. Zionist scheming has no end, they said. Do you want me to translate that for you? I can. Jews are the Zionists. I don't dislike Jews. I, I dislike Zionists. You can't separate the Jewish people from Israel. Israel is a land. It's dirt and rocks and mountains and water. Israel is the Jewish people. The Jewish people are Israel. Anti-Zionism is an excuse for anti-Semitism. And it is everywhere. It's polite, it's palatable, but the reaction from the world that you're seeing right now against Jews, 13-fold increase in anti-Semitic activity in England since this has gone on. I know it's boring and long and all this, but I want this to get into your brain and stay there. Israel is often compared to the Nazis, right? The Nazi, the apartheid, the, the, the colonization movement of Israel. I want to tell you just real quickly about the Nazis, who were a small group of radicalized psychopaths. Hitler, one man, 
started that thing among a group of radicalized psychopaths who convinced enough people. They blamed the Jewish people for all the problems they faced. They created a movement. They brainwashed a country. And countries, they changed history, and their legacy still lives today. At a lot of the Palestinian demonstrations, you will also see another symbol there. You know what it is? The swastika. But listen to me. They did all of that without social media. That was nothing compared to the propagandizing that can be done now. A world simultaneously turning against the Jewish people. The anti-Zionist trope that you will hear and hear and hear and hear again is an excuse to hate Jews. And it will happen. It is happening, actually, in America. Here's another, here's what you have. On the far right now, you know what the argument is? We're sending weapons over to the Middle East again. These Jews, they're going to get us involved in another armed conflict in the Middle East. We just got out. They already own everything in America anyway. Rothschilds, they own the banks, they own the entertainment, they own everything. That's, that's the right, okay? And on the left, you have a far left that celebrates with Palestinians in their resistance against oppression toward liberation and self-determination. It's the Jews. Right, left. Who's in the center? Well, the Christians, of course. That used to be a nice thing to rely on. Read some comments. And listen, I know, I'm picking out some bad things. There's good things. There certainly are. But it's much, much more difficult to find them. I read the pastor's quote about Palestinians today. You know what it was? Or, or about the conflict. God doesn't have any chosen people. Okay, that, that whole crap line of no chosen people that's been around for thousands of years, give me a break. Give me a break. But, but here's, here's the conclusion. You ready for that? You know, run out the door. I've never been so depressed in my life. Let me run out. I'm not whining. I'm not whining. I'm not complaining. I'm saying stand, stand with us. Because here's the deal. We're going to stand up anyway. Right. We don't have any choice. Noah Tishbe, uh, you should watch this speech she gave. She's an Israeli activist. She was very successful Israeli, but she did something at the Friends of IDF. It's a 10-minute speech, but you should watch it. But she says something that I had never really internalized. She's talking about the, the attacks and the threats and everything else. You know what she said? When you tell us you want to kill us, we believe you. And we should, because history demonstrates it to be fact. The Holocaust taught us a lot of lessons. Many have been forgotten by the world, but I assure you, not by us. And it's not us and them. I'm not, I'm not creating distinctions here in this room. 
but I am creating distinctions between a world full of idiots. And so the battles will be fought where they must be fought. For the IDF, I'm afraid it will be in the tunnels, in the darkness. We know what tunnels mean. And they will use every means at their disposal, airstrikes included, to save the lives of Israeli soldiers and civilians. That's going to happen. I'm sorry. That's just how it has to be. All the while, they will engage in this war with as much compassion as possible to continue to warn and try to protect civilian lives in Gaza. Whether they hate them or not, they will still try to salvage their lives. And I know I've said nothing about God today. That's my job. I'm supposed to teach you about God, right? Well, I am teaching you something about God, but let me make it explicit here because this week's Torah portion is particularly relevant. Lech Lecha. Abraham, we meet Abram, right? These most famous words come from Lech Lecha. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. What comes next? I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Those words, my friends, right now hold more weight than they ever have in my 51 years. And they do for you. Because you are children of God. You are children of sons and daughters of Abraham, and you are asked to stand with the Jewish people. This message is about education. It's not religious, and I know my tone and my voice has been loud and raucous, but I'm not angry. It's not anger. It's about equipping with some truth. And I know you probably knew everything I said, but now you know it twice. And you can remember it. I'm always hesitant to use the term, the truth, because in so many cases, only God knows that. There are other arguments. There are other arguments on the other side that have some merit. I'm not going to deny that. But for goodness sakes, use some common sense when you present them. But when I say education, I mean educating you against lies, stupidity, hatred. And yes, I mean particularly anti-Semitism and seeing it for what it is. And most importantly, I want to equip you to be a defender of Jews, yes, of Israel, yes, but of humanity. Humanity, when ignorance and hatred and sometimes even worse, apathy show up. Someone must act. Someone must speak. Someone must. And so may Hashem give us the courage to be someone. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.